0: The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, catsuit.
1: Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. This particular episode takes a look at a unique book written by a UK author that brings together rap, BDSM, mental health, and so much more. Todd is an advocate for change in relation to normalization and liberation around the topics of BDSM, sexual fetishes, kinks, femdom, alternative lifestyles, and sex work. Additionally, he's a blogger, a kinky journo. He runs two submissive men's support groups on Twitter and Discord. And furthermore, he hosts monthly Twitter spaces with Casb. Which consists of interviews and discussions. And his book, Triple Formed, is out now. Hotophilius on what women and other wonderful humans want.
0: They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the
1: first five, and it starts now. First time you had an inkling that you were kinky.
2: Six years old. I was, uh, (laughs) it was my first crush. Remember it, girl. I was, uh, you know, watching, and she she was doing a a little play, like a little theater thing as, as kids. She was a bit older. And the first thing I noticed was her feet. And I was like, oh, I don't know what it was. I was was obsessed with her feet. I was just like, oh my gosh. And then after that, it just carried on. It was just feet, 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 feet. (laughs) And then, yeah, I was obsessed with feet after that. Hence the name (laughs) Podophilius.
1: That makes perfect sense. First time you realized that you wanted to write about this wonderful world we're in.
2: Well, I've been writing rap lyrics um, since the age of about 11 years old um so that's about 11. um and then when i was about i will say maybe 16 17 around about that age um i was listening to a lot of concept hip-hop albums and um i always wanted to write a concept hip-hop album. i couldn't rap so i thought you know what i can't rap but i can write you know people always will say like you're a great writer but you know i, I didn't feel i was a good rapper So I thought, you know what, what I'm going to do instead, I'm going to write rap lyrics, I'm going to write concepts, like how it will be like as an album, but I'm going to release it as a book and I'm going to speak about BDSM and mental health, because there was the two things that I was passionate about, about the BDSM scene, Um, but one thing I felt that was lacking was actually the mental health, because not many people speak about that in the BDSM world. They mainly focus on the kink element, but we don't focus on the mental side of things.
1: First thing you ever focused on, on the mental side of things, was there a certain um, certain anxiety or a certain depression, or was there one certain topic that you said, I want to talk about this first?
2: There's a few things. Um, anxiety is definitely one of that. Um, and anxiety is actually a character in my book. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I turn anxiety into a character which is pretty cool. Um, and we also did an illustration of what anxiety looks like as well. So um, yeah, I got really onto But anxiety was a big thing because when I was younger, I was so anxious about my, my fetish, my kinks, being submissive. I was anxious to let anybody know like it was the world's mm-hmm. biggest secret. And if they found out, I'll be crucified. It'll be the worst thing in the world. So um, even my wife, it took me years before I came out and said, oh, by the way, I've got a foot Thinking of it now, it sounds silly, but, you know, that's what some of us go through.
1: (laughs) Subject of your first ever blog.
2: The subject of my first ever blog. That's a good question. What was it? Um, I think it was just introducing myself. I think I just wanted to get used to blogging because someone told me about blogs and said, right, just write a blog. (laughs) So I think it was just introducing myself about who I was, you know, about what I was into and a bit about my background.
1: First time you knew that you wanted to write a book.
2: Uh, Let's see, when did I... I had the idea in my head around about I say late about yeah like 18 um, but I thought it was bizarre I thought it was a stupid idea and I can never write a book funny enough I saw a spiritual medium in 2020 which is really weird and she told me to write a book and I thought she was taking the piss And she was like, you need to write a book. You can write one. And I looked at her, I said, what am I going to write about? And then it all just came into my head. And I thought about it for a second. I thought, you know what, effort. I'm going to give this a go. And there it happened.
1: (laughs) There you go. When we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, we will get into Triple Formed, which is not your visual erotic storybook that you might be expecting and we're also going to talk about that character called anxiety lots to talk about with Podophilius when we return
0: we do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love if you want to help the show as well as contribute to catsuits conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes you can give at bit.ly/thankscatsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Welcome to the Yoni-verse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur of the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you
1: came. Have you ever dreamed of a house that is kink-friendly in every room? Have you ever wanted a getaway where your every desire is contained within steps? In Cincinnati, Ohio, the Wanton Sinners B&B is now open. Two kink-equipped bedrooms, a fully-equipped basement dungeon, and a living room with cages and restraint points throughout. And you can leave your toy bag at home because every space comes with plenty of toys and restraints. Visit Wanton Sinners on FET and follow the links to the Airbnb and Verbo listings. The Wanton Sinners BnB in Cincinnati, where your dreams have a home. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed. And it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife the practical contract guide relationship short shorthand as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars bye dan bye dawn you all know i love my cat suits and the ones that have never let me down come from the amazing winter fetish I've had some of them for 10 years and they're still going strong. Specifically made for fetish play, these suits come in only the best spandex or PVC with zippers made for action. You've seen them in the house of Gordon, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and now these suits can be yours. And if you use the code WWWSPANDEXCAT, you get 10% off your purchase and you support the show as well. And as always, I give you this promo because I believe in what Winter Fetish does. So visit winterfetish.com and use the promo code www.spandexcat and get the cat suit of your dreams from Winter Fetish.
0: We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at whatwomenwantp1, on Instagram at What Women Want Podcast and on FetLife at WWW Podcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky.
1: Welcome back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky thank you nookie and we are joined today by potophilius the author of triple formed a very unique book and i'd like you to try to explain why it is so unique
2: first of all it's uh it's a book about bdsm and mental health i think the bdsm concept is out there but combining mental health and trauma and speaking it from a submissive point of view is something that is not really discussed. That's number one. Number two is written in rap songs, which sounds pretty bizarre. (laughs) Um, It tells a vivid story. Um, It's not just writing rhymes. We're we're actually, and it's a very complex story where I'm artistically challenging people as well. There's Mm. choruses in the book. There's, you know, you could, uh, if you can imagine it to a beat, It will go to it. Um, But yeah, that in itself, it's like, I don't know if you listen to hip hop, but imagine getting something like Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid Mad City, and instead of recording it to music, you put in a book and you add illustrations to paint the visions. Mm. So that's how I'll probably best describe it.
1: I am a fan of British hip hop. I have been. Listening to BBC Radio 1 for as long as I can mm. remember, even at my advanced age, I've been listening to BBC Radio 1. was really sad when Scott Mills moved over to 2. That'll tell you how much I've listened to BBC Radio 1. But I've always appreciated the British hip-hop style because there's always been this, I don't quite know how to explain it, but there's this certain grittiness to it that isn't dirtiness but it's just real raw emotion did that come into effect at all when you wrote this book
2: yeah I will say that this book has got a lot of it you can tell that probably I write like a rapper
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, because if you would look at any kind of BDSM book you won't find punchlines and metaphors and similes and wordplay you don't really get these in traditional kind of writing you know, there's a lot of punchlines in there. There's a lot of references to, like, comic books and even rappers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, there is, like, it gets very dark towards the end.
1: Mm-hmm. And when
2: you get to the end of the book, you can see, like, it gets kind of violent as well, where, you know, you can hear in that kind of grittiness in the, it, not just the UK hip-hop scene, but also in the US hip-hop mm-hmm. scene as well.
1: The thing that I am so fascinated about with the way this book is written is you talked about the similes and metaphors and analogies, and I talk in analogies all the time. Mm. And to me, analogies are a great way to explain things that other people don't get. And BDSM has always been one of those things that sometimes people just don't get but when you can put language to it that they do understand suddenly they go oh maybe that's not such a bad thing
2: absolutely absolutely it's it's an interesting one because like i've had quite i've had about a good six or seven authors re-triple formed and hearing their feedback has been very interesting and obviously writers can understand writers most of the time and when they started reading it, they're like, look, I'm not going to be honest with you. At the beginning, it's a tough read. It's, it's challenging. But I'm really proud that I'm really happy that you wrote this book because it's challenged me as a, as a reader and as a writer. Because if you're not used to reading in rhymes, it's kind of difficult to say, what does he mean by that? What voice is he writing in? Mm-hmm. Because I write in a certain voice in my head. It's like almost like I'm rapping it and rhyming it and telling the story as they might be reading it's totally different. But it's amazing when someone sticks with it and gets to the end of the book, and then they come back to me and then I get a totally different response. Then, like, right, I get it. I totally get what you did. That's, like, I really, like, love the way you did this. Oh, that's why you said that. I didn't under- – I was so confused when I started reading. I was like, what is this? Why are you doing this? <laughs> I had so many people say to me they didn't understand it. They they were confused by the whole thing. And it was, they were getting confused by the different characters. And then when they get to the end of the book, then they were like, okay, I get you now. I understand you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? it's It's very – Interesting to see the feedback.
1: The central character of your book is Adam, who you say, like a lot of men, has a fetish for kink and female domination. And then the, in the kind of summary of what the book is on your website, it says the book follows his journey from porn addiction to self-acceptance of who he is while battling with shame, guilt, anxiety, mental illness, and judgment from friends and family. To me, that describes every single male submissive that has gone through this journey. I don't know of a male submissive who didn't go through all of that, myself included.
2: Absolutely. And it's something that's not really talked about. We, If you look at a lot of the BDSM book, we look at the kinky element. like It's like almost like jerk of material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we look at the fantasy of everything, but we don't look at the realness of the mental health that we go through as well, the anxiety. We don't even address trauma in books that much. Mm-hmm. And this addresses trauma, which is something that I think needs to be addressed more. Um, we also look at the two different sides of the sex working industry. So we have sex work like say prostitution, um, sex workers, that's consensual. And then we have sex trafficking as well. These are other things that I actually highlight in the book as well. So I wanted to focus on all aspects, not just the basically, the the fun side of getting into a session and getting spanked and getting pegged, having foot gagging sessions. I wanted to talk about the real realness of the good and the bad. You know, sex trafficking is not a choice. That that's real effed up stuff that, you know, that that needs to be sort of addressed more. The trauma, there's a difference between, you know, someone consensually getting pegged and, you know, someone having something done to him that he's never consented to. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to speak about that side as well.
1: I want to somewhat compare stories a bit here. When I got into kink, I think it was when I was about 3 years old and used to watch the original Batman television series. Yeah. And would see Catwoman tying up Batman. And also The Avengers, a great British series with John Steed and Emma Peel and eventually Tara King, but Mrs. Peel was always in distress in some kind while wearing a cat suit. And then that kind of formed itself. And then when I moved into my puberty, aerobics started coming into the world, and Pat Benatar, the singer, with all her spandex, and now the world is wearing spandex around me, and I'm sitting going, this, something's happening. And I didn't know mm-hmm. what an orgasm was at the time, and then suddenly I was having orgasms without knowing what they were, but I know what I was watching. It was something having to do with skin-tight clothing. I went through the next 20 years binging and purging. I'd buy all the magazines, get all the outfits, really Mm -hmm. get into it, and then go, oh, my God, I'm not normal. I I just want to be normal and have a girlfriend, and I'd throw everything away. And then about six months later, I'm like, oh, I really miss this. And then I'd buy everything again, and then I'd purge it. And it was this mental tearing apart of my brain until maybe about 10 years ago when I said, I think I'm ready to just say I'm okay with it. And then five years ago, I totally came out and said, I'm kinky. This is what absolutely turns me on. It was that pulling and pushing, the tearing and trying to mend all the mental health issues of anxiety going what if somebody catches me because i appear on espn television and somebody could catch me and out me instantly and then i realized so (laughs) so i'd like to hear your story from having that crush on that that girl who literally you saw her feet, and it became something that you just absolutely changed your life, but you didn't know why. Tell me a little bit about your origin story and some of the things that you've gone through. Mm,
2: yeah, so, so obviously I fixated on on her feet at uh, a very young age, and it carried on ongoing throughout my you know, teens to my adult life, just being obsessed with feet, binging on porn, like you said, being very shameful about it. You know, I did tell my wife when, before she was my wife, she was a girlfriend. It was more like, not telling her, but I used to say, oh, maybe we should use your three in in this like little scene. And she'll go, okay. Um, (laughs) So it's not like she came out and and called me out on it. Um, But it got to the point where it became too much that I needed to embrace it. So um, on my side, which was quite bad, I went and saw a dominatrix without telling her. And um, you know, I I wasn't at that point. I wasn't even able to explain to the dominatrix what I wanted. Mm. I was still like at that that stage where I I could watch it in porn and get excited, but I couldn't actually put it into words. So, mm. I, was like, I just want a foot fetch session. <laughs> but really, what I wanted was a smelly feet, foot gagging session, you know, but I wasn't able to express that. So, the session was a little bit disappointing, not because of her, but because of me, because I wasn't able to express what I wanted. Um, it was a one off session. And then I went to another Dom. Yeah, again, never told my wife. Uh, I was able to express to her that I wanted smelly feet. And, geez, her feet were really smelly. Um, mm-hmm. And then it got me to understand what I liked. Um, that was another one-off session, and then I took a, I didn't do anything for a good couple of years until it started to really, you know, get to me, and I, I needed to really embrace it, and I really wanted to make it a long-term thing, so I just spoke to my wife about it and said, look, you know, I've got a big foot fetish, but it's not just that, it's a domination thing as well, I want to be dominated by females, it's not, there's one thing about just you shoving feet in my face, but there's another thing where you know, I wanna be dominated as well. So, you know, I had to absorb it, it, it break down female domination versus the foot fetish because, you know, it can just be seen as just the fetish element. Mm. Um, so she said, All right, I'll give you my consent to see a Dominatrix, saw a Dominatrix in two thousand and nineteen and I've been seeing Dom's ever since. Mm. And um Yeah, and since then, it's not just feet anymore. It's gone to loads of different fetishes. (laughs) Well, I would say loads of different kinks, I would say, Mm. rather than fetishes.
1: So there wasn't kink shaming from your wife. There was understanding. How long did it take to get there?
2: It was, I wouldn't say there wasn't kink shaming. There are Mm. things that she still doesn't get. Um, But the the difference
1: between not getting and shaming... Uh, oh uh, right yeah. yeah
2: the only thing that maybe she I wouldn't say shaming but she just was a bit like, yeah, or well, was the water sports. When she heard that, she was like, mm-hmm. why would you want to do that? Like, <laughs> you know, and then the pegging at the beginning was, she's like, question me whether I was gay, which um, was like, are you gay? I was like, no, I'm not gay. Not like there's anything wrong with it, but I'm not gay. Mm-hmm. And she didn't get it. She was like, so why would you want to put something up your ass if you're not gay? And I was like, well, because it's about the prostate. You get a, a prostate orgasm or an ass or whatever you want to call it. You know, you get pleasure through the, you know, the back area as well. Mm -hmm. So she was like, okay. so now as I'm writing a lot of blogs, interviewing people, she's she's getting a better understanding of female domination. She's understanding the different kind of kinks and the fetishes. And there's more of an understanding that she sort of just leaves me to it now. So I just do my thing.
1: Has it helped you get closer, though?
2: I think it's she the good. I think at the beginning it was like whether she trusted me at times because she was mm-hmm. like, am I doing more than I'm telling her?" I think she did. She almost thought that maybe I was even sleeping with adults mm-hmm. because she didn't really understand the whole scene of it all. So I had to explain to her the difference between visiting a dominatrix and visiting a prostitute. You don't sleep with your dominance. There is sexual activities, but not what you're thinking. Um, so once we got past that, then I think like now, you know, I can go to a session, I let her know what time I'm going, I let her know who I'm going with. And if she asks me what I did, I will tell, her. you know, and then at least now she's knows what I'm doing at all times. And if I want to try out a new fetish, I'll ask her first. Mm -hmm. And there's been a few times where I've asked her about things, and she said no to them. So I haven't done that. So I'll get her consent if she approves it, then I'll do it. If she doesn't, then I won't do it because she needs to be comfortable with it as well.
1: That's the honorable way of handling it. I want to talk about the fact that anxiety is a character. Yeah. And I can speak, and my my audience knows this, that I've had I've suffered from anxiety for as long as I can remember. It pretty much goes back to just and it's it, it people would call it the classic thing of wanting to wanting to earn the respect of my dad and mm-hmm. a lot of times that that seemed to be the overwhelming thing because now when i got into a relationship and married a person it turned out that i could never satisfy not sexually but not satisfy anything that she needed Because Mm. it was always wanting more. And so the anxiety came from, am I ever going to be good enough? And then the anxiety became, wait a minute, if I am good enough, will anybody accept me for who I am? So the idea of anxiety as a character in your book is fascinating. Tell me where the idea came from and tell me how you developed this character.
2: Yeah, anxiety has been something that i've all i've had for many years so there was just one time where anxiety i had so much anxiety going on in my head and instead of feeding into it i wanted to listen to it so i was like okay let me hear what you gotta say <laughs> so i was <laughs> like all right so today you've told me that i'm basically i've got a pot belly i've got a small cock you think i'm useless okay this is what you think of me all right cool you know what fuck you i'll tell you what Let's turn you into a character. So it, anxiety in my book comes twice. It comes in a song called angst, which is A-N-X, which is short for anxiety. Mm-hmm. And anxiety is just taking digs. And what it does in the book, it like goes from one subject to another. But that's what anxiety does in your head. You'll be speaking about one thing and then it just jumps to something random. Mm-hmm. So sometimes in that in that actual song itself, people might be confused and be like, wait a minute, what's he actually talking about? Is he talking about this, that, what is he talking about? That's anxiety for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Because if you notice
2: know, in your head that sometimes you might be thinking about one negative thing and he jumps to another negative thing that's sometimes not even related. <laughs> so I wanted the anxiety character to almost be a bit confusing and jump from subjects and related to one negative to another negative thought and people to think, wait a minute, is he talking about this or that? When you get to the end of the book, it all makes sense. But when you're reading it, at the point you're like, "What's he actually talking about?" Mm-hmm. And then the last song is called "Inner Child," and then anxiety is there once again, just taking digs at my my weight, you know, my pot belly, you know, you know that taking at my cock, my you know everything about me. And then it's me trying to battle the anxiety and go mm. above it and try to be like, no, this is not who I am. And anxiety is like, yes, you are. You're useless. You're this, you're that. And I'm like, fuck you, man. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the whole book is a battle, like trying to defeat your demons and trying to turn over a new leaf and become the best version of yourself without having that inner voice telling you, you're fucking shit. You know what I mean? So, And that's, that's sort of like the concept of the book, really.
1: Something that I have discovered recently, as I've just entered what I would consider my first absolute formal kink dynamic, I had one before that was more of a, I'd like to see what a dynamic is like from her side, and she was learning things, but now this is an experience, Dom, that uh, I get to take this wonderful journey with, and we're just on our way. And the anxiety that I have had has always been that of hope. If hope is there, my anxiety doesn't have control of me. If hope is running away, that's when anxiety takes hold. And the hope can be something as simple as, I hope somebody realizes that by me being kinky, It doesn't mean that I'm some sort of deviant. It just means that something got put into my brain that works a little bit differently than yours. And the other time that anxiety takes over is what I call brain tornadoes. When I picture the inside of my brain literally being a tornado and anxiety spinning the entire thing, and I can't get a hold of one thing or the other. It's Mm. just like, I need to get a hold of that. No, we're going to throw this (laughs) one in there and it becomes this uncontrollable situation that all you want is one moment of control i love the way that you have anxiety going and finding all sorts of different things in this (laughs) that is a beautiful thing um the rhyming part to me is so fascinating because if you take a look at book genres the graphic novel has become such a place in where we live now, and it, the visualization of that is so important. Now you have brought together the rhyming with visualization through the illustrations in your book and are creating this whole new genre. Did you ever realize you were doing that as you wrote it?
2: In a way, yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> um, I've always been a fan of comic books. I read so many comic books and that's what inspired me to have an illustrator to begin with. But then I love rhyming and I've been doing it for so long. So I wanted to, and I remember when I told the idea to someone and they just looked at me like I was an alien. They're like, you're going to write a book in rap songs? Like, what the hell? But at the end of the day, just because something hasn't been done, it doesn't mean you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I think if it hasn't been done, then so what? Well, then I'm definitely going to do it. <laughs> because if someone tells me I can't do something, then I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to do it then. Um, but I wanted to do what I was passionate about, my style of writing, and do it my way and not do what everyone else does. You know what I mean? We're not here just to to be followers. We're here to, to be like leaders when it comes to artistically challenging mm-hmm. people. And I want to artistically challenge people in my way as well. So whether, you know, some people get it and some people don't is, is irrelevant. I think in life, we've got to do, you know, our our thing. And we just got mm-hmm. to go with it.
1: The full name of the book is Triple Formed Advocate for Change. Explain the title to me.
2: Triple Formed. I don't want to give too much away. Okay? Fair enough. But I would say this. The the dominatrix in the book is Goddess Hecate. Goddess Hecate is a triple formed goddess. Okay. okay? Number one. Okay. Number two, there are three characters we get in the book. We get Adam, Stephen, and Dan. They're all seeing Goddess Hecate. They all got stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have to read the book to understand the full concepts but once you read a book and you get to the end of the book, it all makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's there's obviously, there's nothing in that book that is coincidence. There's not one thing that's been put in there that, you know, people might question little things, you know, like, what does this mean? What does that mean? You know what I mean? I've thought about every little thing that's going in that book to make it, obviously, this kind of plot ending towards the end.
1: What about the advocate for change
2: part? Advocate for change is my thing that I've had from when I first created um, the website and mm-hmm. digital performed. It's something that I stand for as as podophilia I want to advocate for change in the way society views submissive men and views fetishes, kinks, and also also sex work. You know as well i want to basically advocate change for all those things that's why my whole website is always providing education of sex workers um what it's like to be a submissive man the journey that we go through you know the the challenges that we face you know i don't know if i can you know i don't know if any of us you know can change you know society's views but all i know is that if enough of us talk about it we will get people who listen in and whether we change their views, we'll at least get them listening. And once we start Mm -hmm. getting people listening, we start maybe sparking something in their minds to say, right, okay, maybe we don't completely get it or understand it, but let's research and find out more about it rather than Mm judge. Because there's so much stigma when it comes to BDSM, submissive men, All we want people to do is basically just become a little bit more open-minded to it. That's if you're not willing to be fully open-minded.
1: And I think there is this, I can't call it a stigma, but I'll call it a characterization of true submissive. Are you a true submissive? Do you give everything to your dominant? And as I'm entering the dynamic that I am, we started as friends. We started as equals. But I desire to learn what it is like to give oneself over to someone else. Now, I am a a, a type A personality, very much an extrovert. But I have seen that when I've been able to turn that around and just give up my personality or give up my ability to control things is when I'm the happiest. So I have to find somebody that I can trust to do that. But the rest of my life needs this, this um, extrovert, this type a personality. So where if I were to dedicate a 24 seven 7 lifestyle to somebody, I don't think I could be the person I can be. And I say all this not knowing because I haven't started the journey itself. But you have some dominant types who will go, well, unless you're going to give everything to me, that doesn't make you a true submissive. Give me your thoughts on some of that, especially since you talk so much to submissive men and being a submissive man yourself.
2: I think there's so many different types of submissive men, and I don't think there's any right or wrong. I think Mm -hmm. it depends on the kind of submissive man you are. So, some submissive men want to give their all to the dom and be like in a a female-led relationship, or they, you know, they could be locked in chastity. They can be in a cock holder relationship, or you know, however they want to do it, and they like, you know, not having any control of anything and everything to their dom. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm that kind of submissive Um, I've done Chastity before but honestly speaking I don't think it was fully my thing Um, not so much because of I didn't have control. The control was there. The discipline was there. It's just I found the device pretty annoying. In all fairness,
1: all <laughs> <You
2: know, laughs> slippages and all that, and I was like, oh, for the F sake, man! This this thing's pissing me off now." <laughs> but <laughs> nothing to really do at the actual, you know, the control side of things. Right. Um, I'm happy to abstain from ejaculation. You know, if I need to, I don't mind that. Like, it, I think it all depends on my side on the. The, the dom that I play with. Some doms, I will give them role play scripts and we go that way. Mm-hmm. But look, I've got this role play idea. Should we do this? Some doms, I might just be like, you know what? What do you want to do in this session? You know what I mean? I'll do whatever makes you happy. Even if it's not fully, you know, what gets my my juices flowing, I'm happy to go with it providing it makes you happy so let's Mm -hmm. do what you want so it's more because I'm not really in a relationship and I'm visiting prodoms I think it's a little bit different Mm -hmm. because you can have that conversation and you know you can speak and go back and forth ideas and stuff like that Um, if I was in a relationship that could be different Mm -hmm. and I don't know I'm not really too sure I have because I'm married I'm a married man so you know, it's it's quite difficult. So when mm-hmm. I go to pro DOMs, it's just more bouncing off ideas, having fun. And, you know, my sessions, you know, all my recent sessions, you know, lately have just been amazing. Um, I've I started sessioning with a, a DOM, you know, a fairly new DOM to me. I've had three sessions with her, but with her, I leave her to it, which usually what I'll do is provide role, role play scripts to a lot of the DOMs. Mm-hmm. But she comes up with amazing, she knows that I like to be, like, challenged, like, you know, and she knows I like games. So because she knows that now, mm-hmm. she will do the most random things <laughs> that I've never done before. <laughs> and I'm really enjoying it. So, for example, she would make me play Jenga with one hand, uh, with one arm, and have my one arm, like, you know, my wrist tied to my ankle playing mm-hmm. Jenga. <laughs> and then if I lose, then there will be a punishment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I kind of like stuff like that and it's she's got the full control of it I have to try and obviously do my best I'm never going to win <laughs> but it's really cool but um yeah I think it's I don't know I think maybe you could say I'm a submissive person a submissive by that likes to please his dom and make her mm-hmm. happy but obviously there has to be discussed limits involved because at the end of the day, if you have some hard limits and the Dom doesn't know about it, mm-hmm. then, you know, the, the, this dynamic won't really lost. And also I think it's important. You have a Dom that you can comfortably speak to. because you, I do get a lot of submissive men where they can't speak openly to their Dom's. Mm-hmm. They're scared that mm-hmm. they might not understand, or they can't put that forward to her. And if any submissive man is, out there is in that kind of ds dynamic and then that relationship is probably not for them it's probably best they you know they, they think about you know if, if that is the right dom for them and vice versa the, the dom should be able to speak to to their submissive as well so um yeah i think that's what i would say is it's more about you know what, you like and being able to have that honest communication with your pro dom to get the best version mm-hmm. of yourself as well.
1: Well, in my case, it's a lifestyle dom, and we actually right. uh, had the most fun not too long ago going through my seven page spreadsheet of my likes and limits, and <laughs> she took extensive notes like. We're going to do, and she didn't tell me what it was, but yeah, we're definitely doing that. And yes, that will be, ooh, I like that. And so it was (laughs) watching her face, just seeing the different things. And then I gave her a notebook because I'm known for my notebooks for a different reason. And my audience Mm. kind of knows about my kindness notebooks that I give out that, that are like positivity notebooks, but I gave her a big notebook. And what I did, since we had gone through all these limits and likes, I put one word on the top of every other page of the notebook. Words like impossible, demanding, punishment, laughing. And I put it on every other page because... The other pages belong to her. And what I wanted to do was give her one word to negotiate the scene.
2: Interesting.
1: Base it on this word and go what, in whatever direction you'd like to go. Because I haven't had a lot of chances of being surprised or not knowing what's happening. Mm. And to me, the lack of having that control is the ultimate joy for me. So by giving them one word, and I don't know which word they're going to use. They've got an entire book full of them. Interesting. Right. Them oh, that's really cool. That, that was, that was the, the gift I gave as we started this journey. And uh, I'm sure I'll be talking about a lot about it on the show. I have a lot more that I'd like to talk with you about when we come back. I want to talk about... Your, uh, your blogging and all the resources that you like to make available for submissive men as we talk with Ponophilius on what women and other wonderful humans want. We're back in a moment.
0: Well, hi there, catsuit. This is Jacqueline Powers and yes, I really am back recording new hypnosis files again on YouTube. And Also on Patreon for the more adventurous fans out there. And John, I really enjoyed coming on your show so much and finding out that you had your very own experience with my hypnosis files. So if you want to learn more about how I got started with online hypnosis, all you have to do is just listen to my interview on the What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want podcast. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book Yes Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book Yes Mistress takes you on a provocative eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think, and more rewarding than you can ever imagine.
1: Yes Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com.
0: Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. The Heart of the Dominatrix, Portraits and Interviews of Exceptional Mistresses. This book is about female domination. This book is about dark corners, both physically and psychologically. This book is for you, whether you're a beginner or have decades of experience with BDSM. Mm -hmm. If you're eager to learn more about power exchange dynamics or are simply interested in relationships, and the aesthetics of this world. This book will change your perspectives. Be warned. Visit heartofthedominatrix.com to order your copy today. Hi there. I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want.
1: Back on the show with Potophilius, the author of Triple Formed, Advocate for Change, a book that speaks in rhyming and talks about BDSM and mental health. We've talked a lot about the book. I want to talk about some of the amazing things that you do uh, over across the pond, as we would say here in the United States. Um, You have some submissive men groups that you help form. Talk to me about their purpose and how you enjoy doing those.
2: So yeah, I created two submissive men groups. Um, I'll say actually, what I will say is I created one called uh, I created one on Twitter as a private group. Um, I had an idea that I wanted to bring submissive men together. I don't think there was a safe space for submissive men just to openly discuss, talk about their concerns and their anxieties, um, you know, without, you know, being fearful of, Mm -hmm. you know, of saying the wrong thing on public Twitter, let's say, (laughs) because, you know, a lot of submissive men have questions They're too scared to ask their dominance about it because they think it's a dumb question. They don't want to put it on public Twitter because they think it's silly. So a lot of the times, if it's in a private group, they can ask the most stupidest questions and we're going to have their fall back. And even if it's not a stupid question, it's just something that they just want to discuss and be Mm -hmm. open about. It doesn't necessarily have to be silly. It could just be like, we just want to talk to other submissive men about certain things. So created that book. Uh, um, sorry, created that um that group, mm-hmm. and we it it escalated pretty quickly. I think it reached its maximum amount of users, which I think is like seventy five. So wow. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I thought that you know when I first um, created the group, I was thinking like ten people would join, <laughs> and then I had so many requests, you know, coming via email, coming via everywhere. And saying, can I join your group? Um, so I was like, yeah, sure. Um, but then it got to the point where I couldn't add any more users. Um, one of the guys is quite techie. And um, he said, why don't we do a Discord? So mm. I'm not very techie, by the way. <laughs> so his name is called Gimpy Pup. Really awesome guy. One of the guys... Um, submissive group and he created that and made me um one of the the main you know person who runs Mm -hmm. it so and then obviously we have that one as well um so we've got one on discord one on twitter and it's just submissive men who are able to speak freely without being you know having any pressure to you know to think it's they they can just be who they want to be you know amongst other submissive men like-minded people should we say
1: as we record this, Twitter is having all sorts of fun these days. And yeah, so hopefully sure we can keep those uh, keep those avenues open. And another thing you do is do Twitter spaces, which I absolutely love. I am involved in a few of them where I will go in as just a guest and, mm. and get to speak. On them. But those Twitter spaces are great conversations.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it was um, so it wasn't my idea actually. It was actually Casby's uh, idea. Who is uh, a dominatrix? Casby is awesome. She's a dominatrix. She's an author of Sordid Secrets, and uh, she just released her uh, autobiography as well. Um, the Confessions of a Dominatrix. She's awesome, and uh, we're good friends, and we always um, voice knowing each other, and, and we speak on a regular basis. And um, yeah, one day she just said, "Should we do a Twitter Spaces?" And I was like, "What the hell is a Twitter Spaces? (laughs) Didn't even know where it was. And um, we just we just went with it. We did it, and we went to see how things got on. And we were so surprised of the people that came forward to openly speak to us about their journeys. And we were like, after all, was like, "Wow, that went actually really well. There were so many people who like so open to speak to us. So then we started doing more of it, and we interviewed Inanna Justice on there, Mm -hmm. uh, Domina Gemma, who was absolutely amazing, Um, and it's been amazing ever since then, and um, we try and do it once a month because Kaz's schedule is really busy, she does a lot of podcasts, then she's got her sessions, I'm busy, I've got my kids, I'm doing my my blogging my book writing and it's just trying to make this high for at least once a month but absolutely it's it's great space and i love the fact that you can allow people to come in and speak to us as well so it's not just about the people who are hosting but it's also the people who are listening can really join in too
1: you've given me the honor of getting to interview you but i understand you like to do interviews as well
2: absolutely so on my website i have 70 interviews um yeah and they're all done via blog so um i send about seven to eight questions via email and let people crack on with it um i'm trying to make the make it into a book at the moment um but i think that is going to be a long game because seven you know i'm trying to get everyone together i need to get everyone to agree to it Mm -hmm. Then I need to get consent forms, (laughs) Mm -hmm. make sure I've got everyone's images, and then I have to try and get 70 interviews into a book. Um, And there's more pending as well that I just Mm -hmm. realized. So I'm thinking whether I should split it up into different sections, maybe Podophilus interviews dominant actresses, into submissive men or the kink community and stuff like that. Um, but I absolutely love interviewing people, um, especially if it's something that I don't know about. So um, I've done interviews about, for example, erotic hypnosis. Um, I interviewed the Sissification Academy and um, just, you know, people about chastity and so many different things. And I feel like with every interview, I'm learning something new. <laughs> it's educating me. I love Asking the questions, trying to figure out questions that you know are gonna are gonna help me understand and help my readers understand what is that thing basically.
1: That's wonderful. And is there a follow up to Triple Formed in your mind forming in there? <laughs>
2: Absolutely. I'm actually writing my second book right now. Mm. (laughs) It's not going to be... So it's not a sequel to Triple Formed. It's different, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called Sexual Equanimity. And it is a book... So all my books are told in a very unique way. If you look at Triple Formed, it tells a story, um, you know, a certain story, but it's not necessarily... The timeline is not always precise. You've got to try and figure out the timeline, I guess. Um, with sexual equanimity, so it's going to be a bit different than triple form. It's mm-hmm. not going to be solely rap lyrics, so sorry, solely rap songs. Mm-hmm. It's going to be broken up into dialogue, uh, journaling, mm-hmm. and rap songs. Mm-hmm. And the, the book, the story is going to go back and forth. So it's going to go back into time, forward into time, and it's going to all be based around emotions. So the, nice. the, the story will be told from emotions, not from the, the sequel of events.
1: Nice. <laughs> I am dying to know if there will ever be triple formed the concert where you actually have it performed.
2: That's what I want. My, my vision of it is for it to become like a theatre, to become like some kind of a musical, a film, or it can be like, have you ever seen the film called the Ill Manners?
1: Have not, that sounds interesting.
2: It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a British film and um, it tells a story, but every now and again, someone will rap a part of it and then the, it breaks up into the next scene.
1: Mm. So even
2: something like that might be cool um, for it to become even an album. Some recording artists say, you know what? We'll record it and make it into music. Um, a theatre, I think, will go down well. Um, I think that, that book, Triple Formed and Sexual Equanimity, once that's finished, I think both can become very theatrical books. Um, they can both be featured in the theatre and be put to music and have as a film. That's um, amazing. Because it's a, it's like that Tarantino kind of mind where it's all over the place. Like Tarantino, you're watching and you're like, wait, what, what scene am I watching now? So this is the end. This is the middle. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Tarantino's mind ticks in a different way. Mm-hmm. He creatively challenges people in every movie. And that's what I try and do with my writing, is just creatively challenge people, artistically challenge everybody
1: give us a rundown of the, how we can get the book and where we can find your work.
2: Absolutely, uh, it's on my website. So when you go to my website, there's, there's a place called Shop. Um, just click on Shop, um, go to buy, it's 25 pounds. That includes postage as well. Um, funny enough, it seems like all nearly 90% of my orders right now have all been from the US. Wow. <laughs> which is really crazy. I haven't, yeah, it's really bizarre because they've mainly come from the US. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very, um, very uh, overwhelmed with the the US BDSM scene for their support and also their feedback as well. You know, they're they're the first ones to send an email or a message saying, I love your work. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I've had a small percentage of British people follow it. But it's mainly been the U.S. So much love to the U.S. BDSM scene for supporting to perform and just showing love as well. And uh, for all the for all the tweets and uh, the messages um, and the emails.
1: All those things can be found at Podophilius, P-O-D-O-P-H-E-L-E-U-S dot com. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. And uh, I always love speaking to people from uh, from the UK because I it's one of my favorite places in the world. I wish I could get back more. Uh, and so this has been a special treat today. And I really appreciate you taking the time.
2: Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure
1: fantastic conversation. I encourage you all to pick up his book at podophilius.com. Go to the shop and you'll be able to pick up your copy there. And I'm going to be interested to see if people kind of put their own beat to those rap lyrics. A fascinating way to tell a story.
0: Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want presented by Dating Kinky.
1: We'll stay in the UK with the MV Sub of the Year, the internationally renowned content creator and amazing submissive, Ariel Anderson, our guest on the show, beginning Tuesday. What
0: Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky,
1: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Podophilius for being on the show, and thanks to you for joining us. I'm John, also known as Hi There Katsu. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. And I remind you to always remember consent, and to love each other always.
0: What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1. On Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast. For our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. And now, select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free.